Greetings, everyone. This is Pastor Randy Cook, and this is the podcast ministry of Pearls of Biblical Wisdom. And the goal and the burden of this podcast ministry is to equip fathers to bring up their children in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord's life as given to us in Ephesians 6, 4. I'd like to uh, begin today by sharing an illustration with you that happened to me uh, some years ago. I was at a fast food uh, restaurant. Uh, we were waiting on our food to be uh, uh, prepared for us. And uh, there was a young man that was uh, cleaning the tables around the area where we were uh, seated. And um, I noticed uh, the way he was going about his work and I spoke up to him, and I began to commend him and to affirm him. And I mentioned uh, several uh, character qualities that I uh, saw in his life as he was cleaning the tables. And uh, that's something I've uh, learned over the years that's uh, very important to do. Uh, uh, All people need affirmation. Uh, but particularly sons and daughters, which I'll get to in a, in a moment. But this uh, this young man, after I affirmed him that day, uh, he came over to the table where I was seated, and he was glued uh, to that table uh, in conversation with me for the next uh, 10 minutes or so uh, because um, he just felt uh, you know somebody cared about him, somebody noticed him, somebody affirmed him, and uh, it meant a lot to him. And so I I discovered that day how powerful affirmation is. And everybody in life needs affirmation, but particularly uh, sons and daughters. It's very critically important uh, for fathers to know how to give affirmation to the sons and daughters that God has entrusted uh, to them. I'm going to read uh, two Proverbs to you to to try to get a biblical basis in Proverbs of uh, where we're coming from. Uh, The first Proverb is in uh, chapter 10, uh, verse 1. uh, A wise son makes a glad father. So the question is, uh, does your son know what, what makes you glad? Uh, does your son or your daughter know what um, brings gladness to your heart when you see the wisdom of their life? Because a wise son does make a glad father, and it, it's important for fathers to communicate to their children the gladness of when they see the wisdom of the truth of God's Word being fleshed out in children's lives. Uh, here's another proverb. Uh, Proverbs 15, uh, verse 20. A wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish man despises his mother. So here in chapter 10 and chapter 15, we see that uh, there's the gladness of the father when he sees the uh, conduct of the sons and daughters. And it's important for you to communicate to them the affirmation of the wisdom you see being fleshed out in their life and the character you see, which we'll mention here as we go along. 
Now, here's Proverbs 17, verse 6. Uh, God's put it within, innately within uh, children. Uh, they need the affirmation of their father. Let me tell you what happened uh, when I was... Um, let me read you a proverb, and then I'll tell you what happened when I was pastoring in New Jersey. Uh, Proverbs 17, verse 6, it says, Children's children are the crown of old men, and the glory of children are their fathers. Uh, children's glory is having their father's approval, having their father's recognition, their father's affirmation. Uh, their father encouraging them as to their importance and encouraging them as to the love you have for them. One day I was visiting up in the hospital in uh, New Jersey, Bridgeton, New Jersey, South Jersey, and there was a young lady up there. She was uh, probably 18, 19, uh, something in that range, and she was in the mental uh, ward of the hospital, and I went in to visit with her, and uh, as I asked her uh, questions, uh, what had happened was she had tried to take her life, and I was asking her questions about uh, what is it that uh, led up uh, to that type of activity of her wanting to do that, and she mentioned three things to me. I only want to mention one here on this particular podcast. I may mention the others on other podcasts. But she said, one of the three things she said to me that day was, no matter what I do, I cannot please my father. No matter what I do, I cannot please my father. Now, her, her father was a deacon in a, a church. He was a deacon in a good church. I happen to know her father personally. He was a very uh, godly man. Uh, but we fathers uh, have an innate uh, tendency, even as believing fathers, Christian fathers, we have an innate tendency. There's a natural incl inclination within us as fathers to naturally see the faults of our children, uh, but it takes a lot of grace and a lot of wisdom and a lot of spiritual understanding and actually targeting this and focusing on this and asking God for the enabling of this to know how to praise our children, how to affirm our children, how to communicate to our children how they're pleasing us. And when we're talking about them pleasing us, we're talking about them ultimately and finally pleasing the Heavenly Father, pleasing God. And we'll see how that all works out because it all points to Jesus Christ. If we're giving proper praise and proper affirmation, it will all be pointing to Jesus Christ and His character. Uh, it's not just having the Father's approval, but it's having the character of Christ that's being praised. And so I saw that day in the hospital how devastating a son or daughter not having their uh, father's approval can be. Now, that was not the only factor. Uh, there were two other major factors she mentioned, and I'm sure there were factors beyond that. But that factor uh, um, most certainly uh, stood out to me. Now, this, this whole concept of giving affirmation 
is illustrated uh, not only in Proverbs and uh, other places in the Old Testament, but it's also illustrated in the New Testament in Paul's ministry. Uh, Paul said in Philippians, uh, when he wrote to when he wrote to the uh, letters to the churches that he wrote to, he always found something to affirm them about. He always found something to praise them about, to be thankful to God for them about. Uh, you might remember in Philippians chapter one, uh, verse three, he talked about, "I thank my God upon every remembrance of you." And so he began his letter by affirming them. And if you read on in the letter, those particulars of how he's affirming them there in the Philippian letter. But I want to mention Corinthians because I think uh, Philippians was more of a non-problem type of a church. Corinth, the letter to Corinth, he was writing to a church that had all kind of problems, all kind of carnality in uh, chapter after chapter after chapter in 1 Corinthians, which has 15 chapters, he was dealing with all the problems and all the carnality that was in the church, all the negativity that was in the church. But at the beginning of the letter, he made it a point to begin with praise and to affirm them. And he says, I thank my God always on your behalf. He starts with thankfulness for them and praise for them. Then he goes into some details about uh, their giftedness and that they come behind in no gift. And he's uh, affirming the, uh, the gifts that they have in their church. Now, later on, he's going to have to talk about the carnal use of those gifts. But they were a very gifted church. And he starts with what he could give praise for, what he could give affirmation for. And then, you know, one of the things that really stands out to me is two times from heaven, God the Father illustrated uh, what I'm talking about in this podcast ministry as to the affirmation of our sons and our daughters, because God the Father at the Lord Jesus' baptism you remember at, the, at, at his uh, son's baptism, he said, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And then again, uh, in the uh, tra- Transfiguration chapter, uh, uh, he spoke and said, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Uh, God the Father illustrates to us uh, uh, with words of affirmation to his son from heaven. And so I believe this to be a biblical concept. Uh, I believe it to be something in my life over the years, having 10 children and uh, all the different uh, aspects of what God used in our family in the uh, fruitfulness the spiritual fruitfulness, how, how does spiritual fruit emerge in the life of our sons and daughters as we are, as fathers, discipling them, shepherding them, um, having discipline with them? One of the critical elements of all the um, responsibilities we have as fathers is affirmation, proper affirmation. And uh, I want to go to Second uh, Peter chapter 1 with you. And uh, years ago, when we first started uh, home education, uh, way back uh, in the um, 
Let's see, we got married in 1976, so it was probably in the early 1980s when we first started home education, homeschooling, and we were getting ready to uh, homeschool our first son. And uh, one of the requirements in New Jersey, homeschooling was a very novel thing in those days, and each state had their own uh, requirements of what you had to do to to uh, have the uh, approval to move move ahead with it. And one of the things I was asked to do or required to do was to uh, write my philosophy of education. Uh, uh, what is my philosophy of education? And without any uh, hesitation, my mind and my heart went to Second Peter uh, chapter 1, and I believe this sequence here that's given to us and how it relates to praise and affirmation and how it relates to character, uh, I, I want you to see the priority that God gives to uh, affirmation of character in the sequence of education. And let me just read it to you. In Second Peter chapter 1, it says, Beside this, uh, chapter, uh, this is Second Peter chapter 1, verse 5, Beside this, giving all diligence, and here's the sequence that uh, was the sequence I explained as to my philosophy of education. And where does it begin? Well, first it begins with your children having faith and uh, teaching your children about faith. Uh, That's the beginning point. Uh, Faith in God, faith in Jesus Christ, faith in the Word of God faith that uh, brings salvation into their life but uh, in when you have that faith uh, sequence uh, you start with the sequence of faith the very first thing you add is virtue uh, usually in the sequence of education uh, of what, how we normally think think of this in the secular world is uh, we don't start with uh, virtue virtue has to do with the character of a person's life and uh, when we praise children properly, we need to know how to praise them for godly character, Christ-like character. And this is at the very beginning of what I believe is uh, God's sequence for bringing up children properly, uh, training children properly, discipling, shepherding children properly, is the whole concept of knowing how to praise the character, the virtuous character in their life, and not making the major focus on knowledge before character. Uh, we usually, uh, in the secular realm of thinking, start with knowledge as far as education. But in God's uh, sequence of education, it's faith, virtue, and knowledge. If you add knowledge into a person's life without them understanding the faith principles and the character principles of virtue and uh, learning how important character is. Uh, Knowledge, the Bible says knowledge puffs up a man. And uh, that's in 1 Corinthians chapter 8. And even Bible knowledge can puff up a man. And as you well know, uh, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit Uh, before a fall and so if we do not teach the faith principles and the virtue principles uh, uh, in sequence of priority before the knowledge trying to teach the knowledge to our children 
then uh, we may be building up something that's more negative when we teach the knowledge uh, instead of uh, the character having the uh, priority of what's going on. Faith, virtue, knowledge. Now, most of you know um, Romans uh, chapter 8, especially verse 28. It says, All things work together for good uh, to them that love God and to them that are called according to God's purpose. And uh, sons and daughters need to understand God's purpose for their life. They need to understand God's calling upon their life. That's a whole other podcast uh, ministry uh, we can have in the future, is uh, how to teach your children uh, their center point in life. Never, Never try to establish the peripheral things of your life until you get your center point. So children, uh, sons and daughters, need to understand what their center point is. And uh, the center point has to do with God's purpose for us in life. And it has to do with the character and the likeness to Christ, the, the life of Jesus Christ being manifested through our life. Uh, remember, Paul said in Philippians, I can do all things through Christ's life who strengthens me. And so becoming like Christ and uh, having the character of Christ is given to us in Romans 8 because it says, uh, how do we know that everything that happens to us in life, God can work it for good? Well, if we love him, he can work it together for good and if we understand his purpose. Well, the next verse, Romans eight twenty nine says, well, what is his purpose? Well, his purpose is that he has predestinated us, our sons and daughters, and us as parents. He has predestinated us to be conformed to the image of Christ, to be conformed to the likeness of the Lord Jesus Christ, the character of Christ. And if we focus on the circumstances of our life and we say, okay, how can this circumstance help me to become like Jesus Christ instead of complaining about the circumstance or murmuring about the circumstance or being bitter about the circumstance or angry about the circumstance, which is all these things you have to teach your children how to overcome these types of temptations, and we as parents certainly have to overcome it. But the key is seeing the opportunity in these circumstances of life to develop the character of Christ. And when we look at it from that frame of reference, uh, the same situation is not making us bitter anymore. It's making us better because we see that God's using the circumstance so that we can understand how to develop the character of Christ. And uh, for instance, uh, the Lord emphasized this. He said, if you want to find rest for your soul as parents, and if you want your children to find rest for their soul as, as they're growing up, whether it's their younger years or their teen years or their young single years when they get to be adults, uh, he said, come unto me, all ye that are weary And heavy laden, it's very easy for the circumstances of life to get you down in in despondency and in disillusionment and frustration, so forth and so on, anger, despair, defeat, uh, 
but what did the Lord say? He said, learn of me, and then he mentioned two specific character qualities. Learn of me, become like me, have the same spirit, the same attitude, the same disposition, these two character qualities. If you'll develop these two character qualities and learn from me how to develop these character qualities in your life, you will find rest for your soul. And those two character qualities are among many that uh, all all parents need to have a list of character qualities, which I'm going to include when I uh, post this audio. I'm going to include a list of character qualities in the written portion of the uh, when I when I publish it, and uh, you need to take that list and come up with uh, some definitions to that list, and maybe have your own list. But somehow, uh, begin to make a list of character qualities uh, that would uh, help us to be like Jesus Christ. Now, as you go through the Word of God, all you got to do is just start jotting down. Like when you have time with your family, you have your devotional time with your family, you're going through a section of Scripture. And Proverbs is full of these character qualities, but it doesn't matter where where you are in Proverbs. If you will jot down what you see in this section of Scripture as to what it teaches about the character of Christ, it'll be very helpful to you in the training, in the discipline, in the shepherding, and in the, in the discipling of being able to bring up your sons and daughters in the nurture and admonition of the Lord's life, the character of his life to become like him and respond to all the circumstances of our life with the wisdom of his life. And so it's faith first, virtue second, and then knowledge, and then you have all the rest of the sequence that's given to you. And in verse 8, after it lists all those other uh, in the sequence, I want you to notice what it says in verse 8. This is a very important promise to you as parents in the education of your children, in the training of your children. It's a very incredible promise here as far as God's philosophy of training, God's philosophy of education. Verse 8 says, If these things be in you, talking about these eight things he listed, beginning with faith, virtue, knowledge, and the rest of them, if these things be in you, talking about the character that it develops inside of you, the life of Christ inside of you, if these things be in you and abound, notice what the promise is, they will make you as parents and your sons and daughters and you as a family or you as a church family or you as a Christian to neither be barren nor unfruitful in the experiential knowledge of a personal relationship with Christ and his life being made manifest in your life as parents and your sons and daughters' life. And, and, and again, the fruitfulness. How do you measure success in educating your children? How do you measure success in the training of your children or the discipling or or parenting of your children, God guarantees spiritual fruitfulness. That's the goal, eternal spiritual fruit that will last forever. Uh, Jesus said that in John 15. He says, I've ordained you, talking about uh, every one of us as believers, but especially now we're talking about parents. 
I've ordained you. It's not just pastors that are ordained. We're all ordained to bring forth fruit that remains, eternal spiritual fruit. We're not just talking about success in material things as far as the training and preparing of our children to be successful. We're not just talking about them being able to provide a home and pay the bills. We're talking about the goal being eternal spiritual fruit of the likeness to Jesus Christ and becoming like Jesus Christ in their character. And then when they go to their jobs or have their responsibilities or they have the circumstances of their life, they're always responding with the opportunity of there's more knowledge to be gained in their fellowship with Christ, their likeness to the Lord Jesus Christ, their love for Christ. It's all about looking unto Jesus, looking unto Jesus. And that's what uh, brings about the blessing in any person's life when we know how to keep that focus in our life, uh, becoming like Christ. When I was at uh, Columbia Bible College in uh, 1974, 1976 in Columbia, South Carolina. They had a motto down there as to our purpose in life. I talked about sons and daughters need to know their purpose in life. I need I needed to know my purpose in life. And the motto, I'll never forget it, at Columbia Bible College was to know Christ and to make Christ known. And if you just took that one simple motto and you built that as the center point of your life, and you kept coming back to everything in life is to teach you how to know Christ, and everything in life is an opportunity for Christ to be made known. It's like in Philippians uh, chapter 1, Paul was in prison when he wrote Philippians, the joy book of the Bible, and so he said to the people he's writing to, I don't want you to be downhearted. I don't want you to be downcast. I don't want you to be sad uh, because I'm in prison. And he says in chapter uh, 1, verse 12, he says, The things, the circumstances which have happened to me have fallen out to the furtherance of the gospel. So how did Paul maintain joyfulness? Joyfulness is one of the character qualities that we all need to develop. The joy of the Lord, the joy of the Lord himself is our strength. And when we're becoming like Christ and we have his character, we'll have his joy. And so one of the most important character qualities is joyfulness. How did Paul, who wrote the joy book of the Bible, maintain his joy, even in prison, unjustly? Well, he was in prison because of making Christ known, preaching the gospel about Christ. And he said while he was in prison... There were many of the guards and the people that were visiting him in the prison that would not have heard the gospel of Christ if God had not put him in that prison. He's talked about many of those guards were getting saved as a result of him being. And so the Roman Empire, among that praetorium guard, uh, was being impacted uh, by Paul being placed in that prison unjustly. And so the joy, when he wrote the joy book of the Bible, it had to do with looking at his circumstances as an opportunity to know Christ and an opportunity to make Christ known. And uh, he, he understood that uh, the character quality of joyfulness 
uh, could come into his life through a situation that you normally would complain about, normally be down about, normally be questioning, why did God let this happen to me? But Paul said, I don't want you to be down about it. I don't want you to be sad about it. The things that have happened to me have fallen out to the furtherance of the gospel. If you can teach your sons and daughters to keep their focus on the furtherance of the gospel and their purpose in life is to know Christ and to make Christ known, develop the character of Christ, uh, they'll never be without the real source of joy in their life. Money can't buy it. No amount of material things can buy it. Climbing up the corporate ladder can't buy it. The joy of life is from Christ himself. The joy of the Lord himself is our strength. So that's just one character quality that helps you get your center point in life. Now, I want to go further with the uh, whole idea of these character uh, qualities and uh, how powerful uh, it can be, not only in one situation of what you're teaching children about, but it can be multiplied to other life situations. I want to start with the illustration of, let's say, one of your sons is uh, walking through the kitchen area, and he notices uh, the floor is dirty, and he takes initiative to clean the floor. Now, that would be wonderful when a son or daughter takes initiative to do something without having to be told to do it. Without being, without it not being on his chore list. Now, if you take time to go through these character qualities, uh, initiative uh, being one of them, and uh, what is it, what does it mean to take initiative? Uh, where do we see initiative uh, in the scriptures? Uh, where do we see initiative in Proverbs? And I've mentioned many times how important it is to go through Proverbs with your children, and, and, and you keep these character qualities before your children's eyes. Uh, then, uh, uh, and, and say you just take one month. Let's say you take one month and you're focusing on the character quality of initiative. And uh, let's just say because you're focusing on that character quality of initiative, that's what God uses to prompt that son to, to see the dirty floor and say, you know what, instead of waiting on somebody else to clean the, the, the dirty floor, I'll take initiative. That's what we're working on as a family. Now, it's important that if somebody follows through with one of the character qualities you're working on, that you give them the praise, give them the affirmation, uh, talk about it, uh, you know, celebrate it, that, uh, you know, ask the other family members, has anybody else had opportunity uh, to exercise initiative in other areas of your life. If one child gets praise for initiative, that, every, that gets all the other kids kind of excited about, oh, I want to uh, do initiative too. I want to carry out initiative. I uh, see it's important to Dad. I see it makes Dad glad. I see it's something that pleases my father. Believe me, this is powerful, powerful if you have an atmosphere of this in your home and you're constantly emphasizing it in your home not only in your devotional time, but uh, let's just say when you come home from work. Do you know how easy it is when you come home from work and you walk through the door of your house as a father? I've, uh, the reason why I know all about it is it happened to me many times. I can walk through the door. I can see f 15 or 20 negative things to complain about. 
to be negative about, to be critical about. Uh, but, you know, was there anything I saw when I walked through the door to give affirmation about, to uh, give praise for, to give thanks for? To uh, uh, Is there anything that uh, I could uh, let the children know how glad I am for and then tell them what I'm glad about? I'm telling you, it's very important. Uh, you know, it talks about in um, Ephesians uh, chapter 6 when it talks about fathers bringing up their sons and daughters in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. It's very important there. It talks about fathers provoke not your children to wrath. And if children are receiving constant criticism, constant negativity, and they never get the praise. They never get the affirmation. You can see the 10 or 20 negative things, but do you see any of the uh, things that's going on that you could give proper praise for? And so this is why you have to work on it. It's natural to be critical. It's natural to see the negatives. It's supernatural to have the grace of God operative in your life to give the praise and to give the affirmation to your sons and daughters that they desperately need, which will help to overcome the 10 or 20 negatives that you see uh, in the proper way. You, you know, the Bible says the wrath of man does not work the righteousness of God. If you try to discipline with an angry spirit or a harsh spirit or a critical spirit, a negative spirit, It'll be counterproductive. It will not accomplish the righteousness of God. It will not pr- accomplish the spiritual fruitfulness that lasts, the, the fruit that God's ordained us to. So let's say that son takes initiative uh, to clean the, the kitchen floor. And you notice that he not only is doing it uh, in a um, you know, half hearted way you notice he's doing it in a very thorough way he's getting the corners not just the open areas of the floor but he's uh, cleaning the corners of the floor now if you notice that he's doing the corners then there's an opportunity to praise him for thoroughness not only initiative but thoroughness if you notice that he's got a good attitude uh, when he's cleaning the floor and he's not uh, doing it uh, murmuring uh, under it or, you know, I'm doing it because I have to. If you notice he's got a good attitude, then you could praise him for cheerfulness. Uh, you know, a, a disposition of cheerfulness. Whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, do it all to the Lord. Listen, if you're cleaning the floor for the Lord, there can be great joy in it, great cheerfulness in it because... You're advancing the kingdom of God by cleaning that floor as unto the Lord. That's another thing to teach your children. Uh, We're supposed to seek first the kingdom of God. That's another major biblical concept. Well, how do you advance the kingdom of God? How does the kingdom of God move forward? The kingdom of God can move forward if a son or daughter is cleaning a floor with cheerfulness and joyfulness because they're doing it as unto God. The Lord, and if you say, children, this is what makes me happy. This is what pleases your heavenly Father when he sees the cheerfulness and the joyfulness, uh, not just doing the duty of a job or an assignment or a chore, but he sees 
the joy that you have in it because it's an opportunity for you to do it as unto him and an opportunity for you to become like him in your fellowship with him and in your character of knowing Christ personally, knowing Christ in a personal way, not just having knowledge, information knowledge about Christ, Bible facts, Bible knowledge. Remember we talked about it's faith, virtue, knowledge. You want your children to have a tangibly real relationship with Christ by understanding how it's integrated into becoming like him in, in their character of the, of the daily activities of the home. You might notice that uh, he perseveres. Uh, maybe he's uh, you know, wanting to go ahead and finish quickly and go outside and play, but instead of running outside to play, he finishes the job. He perseveres to get the job done. So there's another character quality you could praise him for. And so I'm just giving a few illustrations here of how this works. Now, if you took that list, some of those character qualities that we just talked about, cleaning the floor, and let's say you're, now your same son is sitting down at the piano to have a piano lesson. Question. Does it require any character qualities of your children to be able to properly do their piano lessons and, and, their, and learn the music properly? Does it require character qualities? Most certainly. Now, if you've been praising them for the character qualities of the floor, that's just one illustration. I'm talking about an environment of praise. I'm talking about uh, how plants need a certain environment to blossom and bloom and, you know, to be able to be uh, fruitful as a plant. There's a certain environment that plants need for their to be productive as a plant properly. Well, there's a certain environment that children need to blossom and bloom and not be bound up with fear and worry, uh, uh, you know, of uh, the harshness of, of parenting or the harshness of a father. Uh, they need an atmosphere of affirmation. Now, I'm not saying neglect the discipline. I'm not saying neglect, you know, the need for correction, proper uh, discipline in the home. But I'm saying that comes more naturally to us to focus on that, and we don't normally receive much emphasis on the affirmation part of parental shepherding. And I'm trying to make a big noise about it. I think it's uh, critically important. I think it's a biblical concept in God's Word. So you say, Pastor, what are you trying to say? I'm trying to say if you teach them character in, in the floor situation, then when they sit down at the piano, the, th- the same thoroughness and the same initiative and the same perseverance of character will help them get that piano lesson done properly. And if you see they're demonstrating one or two or three of those qualities when they're doing their piano lesson, or mom reports it to you, that, uh, that you know they, had, they persevered with their lesson today, make sure you praise them for the character quality. You know, you know, uh, find out from their mom. Uh, did you see anything today that I can praise them for that that uh, they demonstrated uh, some of these qualities we've been talking about, some of these definitions we've been learning, or maybe this one particular character quality we've been focused on for the month. But you've got to build it into the atmosphere of your home. You've got to build it into the mindset as a father. It's got to be. 
not just something you do occasionally, but something you do continually. Now, with that said, I want to focus here now on um, the definitions of these character qualities and memorizing the definitions of the character qualities and learning those definitions with your children so that everybody is on the same page of what we're trying to accomplish. And uh, there's lots of resources out there as far as, uh, you know, character qualities and coming up with uh, definitions. But it'd be, uh, it'd be good for you uh, to maybe spend some time with your family and uh, come up with your own definition of what does diligence mean. And when you go to Proverbs, for instance, in Proverbs, this is how you come up with how you focus on this and how you implement this. If you're going through Proverbs, you're going to see character qualities a lot as far as the wise person. Remember, a wise son makes a glad father. Well, if you're going through Proverbs, you're going to see these character qualities, and you can target one as you see it. For instance, diligence. There's a proverb that talks about, do you see a man diligent in his business? He will stand before very significant people. Just that one character quality of diligence, if a child has it, and uh, it's being manifested in their life, God promises that person or that child or that individual will be able to influence people in important places of position. So diligence, uh, one definition of uh, diligence is visualizing each task as a special assignment from the Lord and using all my energy to accomplish it that God gives me the energy that God gives me through the grace of the life of his son. And so now you can learn diligence in cleaning that floor. You can learn diligence in uh, doing that music lesson. You can learn diligence in doing your homework and so forth and so on. But you build it into maybe uh, doing the dishes uh, you know, after supper and so forth and so on. Visualizing each task as a special assignment from the Lord, not just a job that mom and dad gave me, not just a job that's on my chore uh, chore list. I've got an opportunity to serve the Lord in this way. I've got an opportunity to fellowship with the Lord this way. I've got an opportunity to develop the character of the Lord this way. I've got an opportunity to, to uh, have the joy of serving and giving like the Lord you know, it says in the Gospels, he came not to be ministered unto, but to minister. So uh, who's going to step up to the plate and do the dishes? Well, uh, the Lord stepped up to the plate and washed his disciples' feet when nobody else wanted to wash the feet. The diligence of visualizing these meager, these these tasks that seem to be so menial and so meager but help your children to visualize how it's advancing the kingdom of God. Help them visualize how it's bringing glory to God. Help them visualize how it's bringing them closer into a personal, tangible, experiential knowledge of God. When you give them the vision, remember the proverb says, without a vision, the people perish. 
So you need to uh, uh, have a vision in your home that includes a focus on character, the character of Jesus Christ. And so, uh, in summary, I want to read from a book here. Uh, This book is entitled Seven Things Children Need. I bought this book years ago. It's by John Drescher. And I want to read from uh, the chapter uh, on children need praise. Seven things that children need. I just want you to see what I'm saying from a a perspective this man has in his book. Uh, It's all through the scriptures. There's a biblical basis to it. But let me uh, read to you what uh, he says here. Benjamin West described how he he became a painter. One day, his mother left him with his sister, Sally. He found some bottles of colored ink and decided to paint Sally's portrait. In the process, he messed up the kitchen. When his mother returned, she said nothing about the kitchen. Picking up the paper he was working on, she exclaimed, Why, it's Sally! And she rewarded his effort with a kiss. West said, my mother's kiss that day made me a painter. William James wrote, the deepest principle in human nature is the craving to be appreciated. This principle I'm talking about works on the job. It works in the neighborhood. It works at the grocery store. It works at the fast food restaurant. Uh, looking for ways to affirm those that God has placed around you. Uh, I'm, I'm telling you, it, it inspires hope in their life. It, it, it sows the seeds for witnessing opportunities to talk about Christ. It's a very, very, very powerful concept because all mankind is craving The deepest principle in human nature is the craving to be appreciated. That's what William James wrote. All of us in the glow of feeling we have pleased want to do more to please. When we are told we have done well, we want to do better. Dr. George Crane, author and social psychologist, said, The art of uh, praising is the beginning of the fine art of pleasing. Failing to praise one's children is a common fault of parents. Many children seldom hear a compliment. They seldom hear any kind of words of affirmation. And it's, it's so critical for a father to give it. it. It's critical for a mom to do it. But I'd, based on what I see in the Scripture, uh, the glory of children is their father. They need their father's approval. They need their father's blessing of affirmation. It's important for you to pray over them that way. Lay your hands on them and pray over them that way. It's important to give it to them, you know, give the affirmation to them in situations I've already described, but take time to pray and give that uh, affirmation to them before God in prayer. Now, one thing I want to mention before I finish reading the book here is there's a difference between proper praise and, um, uh, you know, folly, 
you spread a net for a person's feet uh, when you don't praise them properly. Uh, when you praise a person properly, you're focused on the character, not the performance. Uh, one child may get a C, and to get that C grade, had to put more character effort into getting that C grade than another child who got the A grade may not have had to put the same amount of effort, the same amount of character uh, to get that A grade. It may, it, it, his mind, as far as his IQ and so forth, may be uh, better equipped to get the A grade. I'm not saying he doesn't need a character. I'm saying the character is for all the sons and daughters. But I'm saying focus on the character. Character, when you focus on the character, you get everybody excited. You get everybody excited. It doesn't matter who's making the grade. Uh, Everybody can uh, exemplify diligence. Everybody can exemplify cheerfulness. It's not a matter of your IQ. It's not a matter of your ability to perform as far as a certain mental capacity. And that's why I think this philosophy of education, and you focus on becoming like Christ and having his character. It's life transforming in the uh, atmosphere of a home with parenting. Failing to praise one's children is a common fault of parents. I'm reading from the book again. Many children seldom hear a a compliment, yet they are scolded if they fail. It is all too easy to reprimand, to condemn, and to blame children to focus on their failures and unpleasant behavior and what they didn't do. Think of the improved conduct and sheer joy which would likely result if our words of encouragement to our children equaled or exceeded our words of criticism. Martin Luther said, spare the rod, spoil the child. That is true, but beside the rod, he said, and this is all a quote from Martin Luther Beside the rod, keep an apple handy to give him when he has done well. Again, affirmation. What? Do, let children know what's pleasing to you. Give them praise and so forth. Now, this is my final uh, uh, illustration from the book, and we'll close this out. Every day a small girl came to school dirty. The teacher thought it looked like the same dirt day after day. Being kind and understanding, she did not want to hurt the girl's feelings or embarrass her. She knew the girl wasn't getting the right attention at home. Uh, Maybe her parents uh, didn't care, but the teacher did. And so she said to the, uh, the student, you have very pretty hands. The teacher told her one day, why don't you go to the restroom and wash them so people can see how really lovely they are? Delighted, the girl washed her hands and came back beaming. She held up her hands proudly for her teacher. Oh, they're beautiful. See what a difference a little soap and water makes, she told the girl as she hugged her warmly. Every day after that, the girl came to school a bit cleaner. Eventually, she was one of the neatest students in school. Why did the youngsters make such a uh, change? Because someone complimented her. By praising the good points, she improved. Persons seldom change because we point out their faults, nor will they love us for doing so. 
they will likely resent us. If we want to help others become beautiful people, we should work at it through praise and encouragement. Sincere praise is the warmth and tenderness all of us need to change for the better. Now, obviously, there's a balance. Uh, I'm not saying that, uh, you know, you go to the extreme of praise and affirmation to the leaving out of the proper discipline and the proper correction. Uh, It's got to be a balance. But as I've already said, it comes natural to us to focus on the negatives. I think it's more supernatural. It's more it's more got to be the grace of God working in us and through us to focus on giving praise and affirmation in the proper way. Now, uh, I want to close out uh, with uh, a hymn that we all know. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry from the waters lifted me now safe am i what was it that lifted this person out of the sinking uh, uh, water love lifted me love lifted me